Welcome back to another episode of the Football MD Podcast. Today is Monday, August 13th. I am your host, Dan Ronan, joined as always with my co-host, Mike Bowling. Remember to follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at FootballMDPod. We thank you for joining us and hope you continue to do so. Our number one first announcement of the day is the release of our Fantasy Football Cheat Sheet. You can find it on our website under the Fantasy MD tab. This is a cheat sheet in the order of our consensus rankings, so you can quickly print it out, show up to the draft, prepared like a pro. You don't even got to worry about any preparation. Just trust us, and we will win you your league. Yeah, guys, we've been putting a ton of work into those, so definitely go check them out. Over the last few weeks, as you all know, we've been covering our top quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends. On today's episode, we're going to put those rankings to the test, as myself and Dan, we're going to do a live mock draft on fantasypros.com. And make sure you stay tuned after the draft, as we're going to break down some of the preseason games from week one. All right, guys, so for this mock draft, we're going to be doing half-point PPR, snake with one quarterback, two running backs, two wide receivers, one tight end, and one flex position where you could play a wide receiver, running back, or tight end. And then, of course, one defense kicker and seven bench players. We're going to do a 12-man draft, and we're going to randomize our position, and that'll start us off right now. Pick number four. Where's one of your favorite places to pick in the draft this season? I think four is like the... The top four are like the spots I've been aiming for. I prefer the end of the draft, honestly. I like the end of the draft. You, you like being on the turn? Know? Yeah, I like the turn. Yeah. So let's see. I picked number four right here. We have Antonio Brown, Ezekiel Elliott, Alvin Kamara, DeAndre Hopkins. You know where I'm going with this pick? Ezekiel Elliott was my number one overall player on my two, top 200, so I would vote Ezekiel Elliott. I do like to start with a running back. Antonio Brown is the one wide receiver that I would consider there, but got to be Elliott. Antonio Brown went immediately after Alvin Kamara, Saquon Barkley, Julio Jones, Kareem Hunt, DeAndre Hopkins, Melvin Gordon, and Leonard Fournette all rounded out the uh, first round. The one that stands out to me is Julio Jones, eighth overall. I think that's a little high. You know, I think he's a second round kind of guy. I don't think he's going to give you the touchdown totals that you're looking for from a top guy. Yeah, I think that Julio Jones is actually going to surprise a lot of people this year. So he might end up being a steal in the late first round, but we'll see how that turns out. Coming up in the second round, we have the 22nd overall pick. And it looks like our options here are Christian McCaffrey, T.Y. Hilton, Adam Thielen, Doug Baldwin, uh, Jarek McKinnon is still available, Jordan Howard's available. I know that's one of your guys. We both like to go running back heavy. We have a bunch of guys that I think we're both pretty high on. Who would you go here? I think I would... Oh, that's a tough one, actually. I like You're the a Jordan pick. Howard guy, yeah, right? Yeah, I got to go Jordan Howard here. But we did go Zeke with my first pick, so if you wanted to... No, I'm fine with going Jordan Howard. I think he's got a lot of upside going into this season. He's going to be a bell cow back there, and I like Jared McKinnon, but I don't know. I a think... lot of uncertainty there. We yeah. know what Jordan Howard's role is, so now we have two running backs that I feel pretty safe with. Looking at this, uh, I'm just looking at the recap over here on the side. Odell Beckham Jr. in the second round, I think that's a steal. That's crazy, yeah. I can't believe he went in the second. Everything else is pretty normal. You have A.J. Green, Mike Evans going right before our pick at the 209. Rob Gronkowski rounding out the second round. I think that's pretty good value there. Right. So our third pick we have available right now, suggested at the top, Doug Baldwin, T.Y. Hilton, Stephon Diggs, Travis Kelsey, 
honestly, I, I'm still looking at these running backs here. I like Alex Collins. Alex Collins might be available to us. Oh, no, we're on the long term now. We have 16 picks to our next pick. Usually in drafts when I know I have a long wait until my next pick, I don't mind reaching on somebody a little bit if the value isn't there. I would go Larry Fitzgerald with this pick. I do like Larry Fitzgerald there. I think he's super safe. I wouldn't mind having him as my wide receiver one. Or Dougie B. There has been the injury concerns with Doug Baldwin. I think at this point in the offseason, there's a little bit of uncertainty surrounding him. But I think I'm going to lean Doug Baldwin with this one. Get a higher upside touchdown type wide receiver on our team. All right, coming into the fourth round now, we're at pick 45 overall. The top guys being suggested to us here, we have Golden Tate. We have Tom Brady, which I wouldn't take any quarterback in the fourth round unless their name's Aaron Rodgers. We have Greg Olson. We have Juju Smith-Schuster. Not super excited about any of those options, to be honest. Your boy Derrick Henry is available. I like Derrick Henry with this pick out of the top guys here. I'll give you Derrick Henry here in the fourth round. I've seen him go as early as the second, so I'll take I'll take Derrick Henry here. I think that's a steal. I have Derrick Henry as my RB12 overall. I think he's definitely going to dominate that backfield. I know everyone believes in Deion Lewis, as does my co-host Mike here. He had Derrick Henry around 26 overall, yeah, uh, the RB26 RB or something. So we're, we were definitely far apart on that one. So it shows to you how risky the player could be, that de- deviation there. But definitely, in my opinion, I, I think former Heisman Trophy winner has been waiting for DeMarco Murray to kind of leave to grab that backfield. And I don't think he's going to pass up the opportunity. I am definitely lower on Derrick Henry, but in my top 200 rankings, I think Derrick Henry comes in, in my top 55 players. So we're taking him at pick 45 right now. It looks like the expert consensus ranking here on Fantasy Pros has him at 50. So I guess I'm kind of meeting in the middle there, and I'm fine with taking the pick on this one. So right now, just to recap our first four picks, we have Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, Doug Baldwin, and Derrick Henry in our flex. And the top guys being suggested to us are, once again, Tom Brady. Still too early for a quarterback, in my opinion. Evan Ingram, I would definitely not go with him nope. this early. Tight end, I would definitely wait on a little bit. So you also have Jay Ajay, Jarvis Landry, Lamar Miller, Rashad Penny, who you're very high on. I do like Penny. And uh, Royce Freeman, another rookie on that list. A couple of the wide receivers available is one of your guys, Corey Davis and Sammy Watkins. Deshaun Watson's still available. That's a surprise. I've seen him go a lot earlier than uh, the fifth round. I still won't be touching him here, though. I would actually draft him in the fifth round. You would take him over guys like... I'm not in love with a lot of the guys here. Uh, I, I think um, Rashad Penny has a lot of upside. I would like that pick. But yeah, I mean, I could totally see picking him here. Definitely, absolutely. Jay maybe is a good upside pick in the fifth round, I think. See, I know you like to go super running back heavy. I think I'm actually going to lean towards Marvin Jones here. Get a pretty solid wide receiver core together for us. A lot of touchdown upside, which I definitely like at the wide receiver position. And that kind of solidifies our starting lineup. Keep our team a little bit balanced because looking at the drop-off at wide receiver, we're looking at a lot more uncertainty with guys like Jarvis Landry and Sammy Watkins. So I'd like to kind of shore up that wide receiver position here. So now moving into the sixth round, let's just recap some of the guys to round out the fifth round. We had Rashad Penny go immediately after our pick. Jay Ajayi dropped all the way to the middle of the fifth. Deshaun Watson finally went. on Johnson Tom Brady went after Deshaun Watson. Cam Newton went after Deshaun Watson. Then Jarvis Landry and Delaney Walker to round out the fifth round. I think it's crazy that Cam Newton and Tom Brady are going after Deshaun Watson. No, I know that the upside's there, but that's so absurd to me. Deshaun Watson was so good last year, and 
for five games. Yeah, I Blake get Bortles it. Blake Bortles was the number one quarterback at the, in five games at the end of last season. No one's talking about him. Yeah, but, I mean, Blake Bortles was not Deshaun Watson. Deshaun Watson <laughs> was running all over the field, making plays. And, yeah, there's definitely a lot of hype there. He kind of took the NFL by storm last year for those that short time. It was highly unexpected, and when it happened, you know, well, unexpected to everybody but me, of course, because yes, I called you that. You did call that one. I'll give you that one. <laughs> but at the same time, you know, it was it was unexpected. Nobody really thought he would emerge the way he did, and he, he looked comfortable, and he looked like a pro quarterback. And, of course, there's going to be bumps along the roads. I'm not saying it's all going to be positive and he's just going to, you know, immediately walk on the field and dominate every Sunday. He's going to have some rough weeks here and there, but – for the most part, he's going to be a quality NFL quarterback for a long time, and he can—he's got a, a large skill set as well. As long as he can return from this injury. Yeah, no, and I do like his rushing ability. I'm not afraid that he's going to return from the ACL. Um, what modern medicine is able to do for ACLs now, guys return to form fairly easily, and I think Deshaun Watson's rushing ability keeps him at a safe baseline. I have him at my quarterback five, so I'm super high on this guy. I see the the potential upside there. It's just. Cam Newton and Tom Brady, these are guys that do it year in and year out. So I get it, though. He could be a league winner. But moving on to this pick, we're looking at guys uh, in the sixth round. We have Sammy Watkins, Corey Davis, Lamar Miller, who I actually think is a pretty good pick in the sixth round. I was pretty high on Deontay Foreman a few weeks back, but it doesn't look like he's rehabbing from that Achilles injury very well. I get the interest in Lamar Miller, especially because he can be, obviously we've seen him be a workhorse back before. But I'm going to say Mike Ball wouldn't allow us to do that, being that he yeah. ranks Houston Texans offensive line as the 32nd unit in the NFL. Of dead all last. 32 teams. So, you know, more than likely they're not going to have effective run blocking. It's going to make it very difficult. Drew Brees is still on the board here. Not to cut you off, but Drew Brees went. No, I see that. Yeah. I seen that earlier. But honestly, if I'm looking here, I think the high upside guys to go with available right now, Royce Freeman. Possibly Sammy Watkins or Corey Davis. You know me, I can always go more running backs. So let's consult our cheat sheet here over on footballmdpodcast.com. And it looks like Royce Freeman is our highest ranked player overall out of these guys. And he's the last running back that we have in our fourth tier. But we do pick again in six more picks. So I kind of want to see who we'd be looking at if we passed on Royce Freeman here. Or I want to see who we'd be looking at if we take Royce Freeman here. Uh, what wide receivers would, would we be missing out on and what wide receivers would we still be able to draft? I still see guys like Rex Burkhead, Tevin Coleman, Marshawn Lynch on the board that I'm pretty high on. And again, this is our fourth running back at this point, whereas our wide receivers, we're looking at Corey Davis, Sammy Watkins, uh, Pierre Garcon, Emmanuel Sanders might still be there. Devin Funches, who I know you're pretty high on. Yeah, I like Devin Funches. Cooper so, Cup is there. Yeah, so maybe we go Royce Freeman and then try and snag one of those wide receivers that we really like. Absolutely. All right, so adding Royce Freeman as our first running back on our bench. And moving into the next round, we're now at the seventh round, pick 76 overall. Kyle Rudolph is at the top of the list for us right here. Take a look at what wide receivers are available real quick. We're looking at Corey Davis, Pierre Garcon, Jamison Crowder, who I'm pretty high on there. Cooper Cup's still there. Devin Funches did go, though. Just missed him. Your boy Marquise Goodwin is still there. Goodwin and Fuller are there, and we might be able to wait on either of those guys. I would go with the tight end, Kyle Rudolph. Yeah, I think we're both pretty high on Kyle Rudolph this year. This is one of those guys you'll hear us mention it on the tight end episode. If you miss out on some of these top-tier tight ends, you're basically punting on the position and just streaming 
throughout the season. There's just too much uncertainty over there. The very next pick was Will Fuller after we picked. Like I said, uh, that was the guy who I thought maybe we could wait on. Fantasy pros knows better. They said that guy's a steal. We got to scoop him up there in the seventh Will round. Fu- Will Fuller, Corey Davis, Marquise Goodwin, Jameson Crowder, all the guys we were just talking about. All Mark guys. Ingram went in the eighth round. That was That's a steal in my oh opinion. Oh my God, that's, a, that's steal. a steal. Lamar Miller went in the eighth round. That's a steal. I would happily take those guys. We were talking about them in the sixth. All right. Now we absolutely need to draft a wide receiver. Got to get a third one locked in for the competition at the flex position. So, who do we got available here? Uh, let's see. So, we have Randall Cobb. We have Sterling Shepard. Also sticking out to me, Kelvin Benjamin and Kenny Stills, Kenny Galladay and Josh Doxson. But I think the pick would have to be Sterling Shepard. I think he has the most upside. I think there's a lot of competition in that offense, but I do think he's a talented pass catcher. I'm a big fan of Sterling Shepard heading into this season. If you've been listening to us over the past few episodes, I've continuously said how Pat Shermer loves to target the slot receiver. Sterling Shepard's played over 70% of his snaps out of the slot, so I think he's going to be a pretty solid late-round pickup at the wide receiver position, somebody that you will be able to rely on on the majority of weeks for at least your flex position, and he's going to be taking a spot on our bench. He is only our third wide receiver on our team, though, so that's a position we'll probably be looking for some upside in throughout the later rounds of the draft. But moving on to the ninth round right now, we're at the 100th pick overall we have Matthew Stafford available Kenny Stills who we were looking at a little bit I think that's a great high upside wide receiver going into this season he's been a little overshadowed having Jarvis Landry target monster on his team for the past few years but he's actually led the Dolphins over the last three seasons since he joined the team with 18 touchdowns and he's actually had a higher yards per reception than Jarvis Landry over that time I know that's just kind of the type of player he is he is a bit more of a deep threat But I think he could, again, be a nice addition, somebody that could surprise a lot of people and definitely has top 30 upside at the position at the very least. Yeah, absolutely. I I like the Kenny Stills pick here. Marshawn Lynch is still available. Or Marshawn Lynch. I think Marshawn Lynch is is the pick there, honestly. Lock up. We probably won't have to draft another running back after that. We could pretty much lock down Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, Derrick Henry, Royce Freeman, and then... Marshawn Lynch. Lynch. I like that pick. That's probably where I would go if I were drafting on my own there in my actual drafts. Jacksonville defense and the Los Angeles Rams defense went in the ninth round. Again, guys, wait to draft your defense. I do get it's awesome to have a defense that you can kind of set and forget week in and week out. But guys that went right around them, you had DJ Moore, you had Kenny Stills, Duke Johnson, CJ Anderson, who could have a solid role, Aaron Jones, Ty Montgomery. Um, there's a lot more upside guys that you can still get that could be useful for fantasy at positions that are harder to replace throughout the season than your defense. Yeah, for me, it just it's a little bit too early. I think at the earliest, start looking the twelfth round. Um, oh yeah, if the Jacksonville Jaguars defense is there in the twelfth round. Mm-hmm, yeah. I'm gonna take the defense. I think they're gonna repeat as the number one defense in the NFL this year. And Not also, too sure about that. Not too sure about that. Who do you have? I like the Vikings. I like you gotta like what the Rams did. Marcus Peters and Akeem yeah. Tlaib. Well, the Rams went right after him here, too. So, I mean, I, the Rams are, I think, they're in my top three defenses. Philadelphia was great last year. Yeah. I like the Chargers. The Chargers. The Chargers defense looks great. And also, the Ravens have a great, great defense put together there as well. So, I think there's going to be a lot of competition. It's going to be hard to stay that number one defense. And that just goes to show you, I mean, there's plenty of defenses that you can wait on that are still going to be 
running for the best defense in the league. So there's really no point in taking one before the double-digit rounds. And also, once you get into the double-digit rounds, especially 12th round and later, I kind of stop worrying about rankings. And if there's a player with a ton of upside, like a John Ross or somebody that you really think can break out this season, don't worry about the ranking. Your lineup should be just about made up to that point. So feel free to take some dart throws. Try and get some guys that could potentially win you your league and you look back on and you get to trash all your league mates because you made that pick. But looking at our options here in the 10th round, we have Matthew Stafford still available. The expert consensus has him at 87, and we're at pick 117 right now, so that's awesome value there. Phillip Rivers is available, Josh Doxson, Jordan Reed, Kenny Galladay, Deshaun Jackson, Mohamed Sanu, Anthony Miller, Paul Richardson. I like Josh Doxson. I really liked him going into this season. The only problem is he just had another scare injury this this offseason in training camp and that to me just as much as I want to like the player I can't pick somebody who's that much of a risk he's getting hurt in training camp he hasn't played a whole season ever it's just he constantly battling injuries guys guys like that they're just not worth it let somebody else have the headache there's not enough there to really warrant that pick as much as you might like the player I, I'm, I'm a fan of him myself I just don't think it's worth the headache all season long. Yeah, and I actually, I'm a big fan of his new teammate, Paul Richardson. I think he fits better to the way that Alex Smith likes to play the game. Alex Smith, as we all know, he's a very safe quarterback, doesn't like to fit the ball into tight areas. And Doxson hasn't been too great at creating separation, despite the injuries that he's played through. Whereas Paul Richardson has been top in the league in creating separation between him and defenders. So I think he's going to mesh better than most people are expecting with Alex Smith. So I would actually consider Paul Richardson going here in the 10th round. Jamal Williams is there. I know we just said we don't want to take any more running backs, but we could take that home run pick if he's able to take that backfield. Well, the running back that I see available is, if you go up a little bit, Chris Thompson. He has his role solidified, in my opinion. He's going to remain that third down back for them, at least for a little while. Geis is a quality running back who can be a three down back. So for now, his role is safe. Chris Thompson, that is. As long as, you know, he's productive on that third down like he has been in the past, he should be okay. And he's obviously in a .5 PPR format. It's a little bit of upside there with the amount of receptions he's going to have. I just don't think that with Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, Derrick Henry, Royce Freeman, and Marshawn Lynch, we need another guy to provide a safe baseline which is why I, if we were going to take a running back, I would lean with Jamal Williams here. And I think that Josh Doxson or Paul Richardson, one of those wide receivers that we'd like to take a chance on, will fall to us in the next round. So are you against going Jamal Williams here? I prefer Paul Richardson in that position, but honestly, well, I'll I, let you I, make the pick. I'll well, I think Richardson will fall back to us. His ADP That's is, true. His, That's true. his average draft position yeah. is 192, and You're we're only at right. 117. Yeah, absolutely right. So let's snag Jamal Williams here. So we now have six running backs. As you guys know, we love to go running back heavy. Right after our last pick went Kenny Galladay, Tariq Cohen. I like that pick. Anthony Miller, Nick Chubb, Josh Doxson, and Jordan Reed in the 11th round. That's a steal. Nick Chubb is, to me, the the big steal there. He might not be the starter week one, but he's the best back in Cleveland, in my opinion, with a pretty good offensive line. So... He should be able to be pretty productive, and it might take him a little while being a rookie. Sometimes you know, just don't get the start in the beginning of the season, especially with a guy like Carlos Hyde and Duke Johnson already there. 
But Nick Chubb is a talented guy, and he could emerge as a quality player for the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, Nick Chubb would have been a nice little dart throw to take there. But now looking in the 11th round, we have Matt Stafford still, Phillip Rivers, Paul Richardson, and your boy Chris Thompson fell back to us. I don't think we need to take a 7th running back right now. No, I, I think we can move on from the running back position. I think we can start to look at quarterbacks now, especially your boy Matthew Stafford. Who else is available besides him and Phillip Rivers? We also got Jimmy Garoppolo, high upside, Patrick Mahomes. Jared Goff was very good last year, and Alex Smith was a top five fantasy quarterback last year. With a new team, I don't know if I would trust that. I think we should go Matt Stafford. I'm not usually a big fan of the Lions. I think our team has an extremely safe baseline right now, and I think adding Matthew Stafford to that really just solidifies our starting lineup. And Phillip Rivers is still there. Going immediately after our pick, we had Isaiah Crowell, Chris Thompson, Corey Clement. He went in the back of the 11th. I think that might be a little high for him to return value. But again, after the 10th round, you're kind of shooting for upside at this point. Chris Carson, who could end up being a steal if these rumors about Rashad Penny are true. Are you buying into any of those? or? I wouldn't buy into anything too much while camp is there. He's a talented guy, and they took him that early in the draft. I imagine he has a chance at the very least, so I, I wouldn't count him out, and I wouldn't buy too much into whatever hype is coming out of training camp. Yeah, I feel like someone's getting fired if Chris Carson ends up being the starter and they use their first round pick on a running back. Yeah, I mean, definitely, especially some guy who was not rated to go that high. Don't get me wrong. He's a talented runner and he's productive in college. So no reason to not like the player. But if you use equity on a high pick on a guy like that and it doesn't pan out for you, like you said, someone's going to be in trouble. And just to further allude to why we like to wait on quarterbacks and tight ends, who went off the board after we took Matthew Stafford was Alex Smith going in the 12th round. Phillip Rivers is still available at tight end. Jack Doyle went in the 12th round. David Njoku went in the 12th round. Those are all guys that I think could have some decent production coming into this season. The two guys that stand out to me in the 12th round, just really sweet picks, um, are Michael Gallup and Mike Williams. Mike Williams, essentially a rookie, and... Michael Gallup is the rookie, and I think both of them have a lot of opportunity coming their way. A I love lot Mike of, Williams. I'm actually yeah. upset we didn't grab him. Yeah, I mean, and for me, Mike Williams is a little, I'm on the fence a little bit just because there are a lot of talented pass catchers there. We yeah. obviously have Keenan Allen ranked very high. He's inside of our top 10 and for wide receivers. And Michael Gallup, in my opinion, you know, besides Hearns, he really has a good opportunity to be one of the predominant pass catchers in that offense this year. Not that they're going to be super wide receiver heavy. Obviously, right. they're going to be going to Zeke a lot, but catching passes besides Alan Hearns, that's really all you got. Yeah, I mean, over 40% of Dak Prescott's touchdown passes since he's came into the league have gone to Des Bryant and Jason Witten, which, of course, they are not on the team anymore. So there's definitely some touchdowns to go around. And whether you believe in the talent of Alan Hearns or not, Michael Gallup is a talented wide receiver, so he's going to get some opportunities to take some of that open target share over. But looking here in the 12th round now, we have a higher upside wide receiver pick in Deshaun Jackson, Phillip Rivers, Jimmy Garoppolo, Jared Goff, Patrick Mahomes, Marcus Mariota, Dak Prescott, all still available. Theo Riddick. What round is it? We're in the 12th round. Paul Richardson is still available Paul here. Paul Richardson is still available. I also said I wouldn't look at defense until the 12th round. And right now, the Minnesota Vikings defense is available. Like like we talked about, they're going to compete for being a top unit in the NFL this year. 
Not that I'm saying we definitely have to go with that pick, but this would be an appropriate time to be looking at the Chargers. The Vikings are still available. I also think the Saints are still available and the Baltimore Ravens, who we mentioned earlier. All of those units are going to compete for top in the NFL. And even if they're not going to be number one, they might be a close second or third. So don't reach too early on the defense when there should be some available later in the draft. Yeah, and we pick again in just six picks. So if there's no other players on here that you were really comfortable grabbing or anyone that you think is really going to bring some value to our team, I would be fine with grabbing the Vikings. And looking through, there's really no players that I like till a little bit later. I see that Matt Bereda is available, backup running back on the San Francisco 49ers. I know they brought on McKinnon. I do think there's a chance going into his second year that Bereda could see an increased role. He's one of the guys that I look for a little bit later in drafts. But again, his average draft position is still 24 picks from where we're at right now. So I'm fine with waiting and maybe taking an elite defense and further locking up our uh, starting, starting line. lineup here. I agree. I think that's the move. Now, let's talk a little bit about which one you would prefer to go with. We have the Vikings, the Chargers, the Ravens, and the Saints. We can narrow down to those between those four right now. Definitely Vikings and Chargers. I actually have the Chargers as the second overall defense in my personal rankings this year, and the Vikings are coming in at number three. So I'm fine with either of these guys. I just loved what I saw from the Chargers last year. I think that they have some young playmakers who are going to further step into their roles and just continue to improve. Yeah, I think if I'm picking between the two of them, I think I got to go with the uh, L.A. Chargers. They're going to give you a lot of sacks with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram coming off the edge. But don't get me wrong, I do like the Minnesota Vikings defense a lot. I think they're quality. I think they have a great secondary and great linebackers, obviously a great front four. They have everything you want. But in my opinion, just the upside with that pass rush from Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram, that's what I would take. Looking at the league that we're drafting with, it looks like only three teams have taken defenses up to this point. So there might be a little bit of a run at the defensive position. So I would like to lock up our top-ranked defense with the LA Chargers. And let's see if that was the right choice. And no defenses went in the next six picks. So we definitely could have waited, but we missed out on guys like James White, Jimmy Garoppolo, Danny Amendola, Marcus Mariota, OJ Howard, and Chris Ivory. No one that I'm going to lose sleep over. And this is why you do mock drafts, to learn kind of where if you reach for a guy, if you think he would have made it back to you, or to see where you could have found value if you had waited at a position. And what I think is crazy is Phillip Rivers is still available here in the 13th round. Wait on quarterbacks, people. Yeah, for real. I mean, I'm not even a big Phillip Rivers fan, but you got to admit in the uh 13th round, 148 overall. The guy's been doing it for a while. He could be as, as consistent as it gets for you. He might not give you a ton of boom weeks, but he'll definitely be a consistent quarterback for you. Love those pass catching options over there. <laughs> I almost just drafted Phillip Rivers. Um, no, we don't need that, though. We don't need that. Yeah, I think what we do need is some Paul Richardson. We've been talking about him for like three rounds now. He's sitting here in the 13th. Yeah, and his ADP is definitely a little high. It's at 192. But, guys, when you have a player that you like, you have a good feeling about, sometimes just go for it. Those are going to be the making and break it, honestly. That's what's going to win you your league. I would much rather lose in fantasy football with players that I know that I did my homework on and I liked than lose in fantasy football with players that somebody else told me to draft. I think that takes a lot of the fun out of it. So even though we do want you guys to use our rankings, you're your own player. So make your own decisions and take value where you see fit. And looking at Paul Richardson, his ECR expert consensus ranking is all the way up at 155. 
So even though he's currently being drafted at 192, I think we're getting pretty good value here. So we had Paul Richardson to a team. Our lineup is now looking like Matthew Stafford at quarterback. At running back, we have Ezekiel Elliott, Jordan Howard, Derrick Henry, Royce Freeman, Marshawn Lynch, and Jamal Williams. At wide receiver, we have Doug Baldwin, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, and Paul Richardson. Definitely a little bit weaker at wide receiver than I guess you would typically like, but there's always wide receivers that you can find throughout the season that you can fill in for a few weeks here, a few weeks there. I'm not too worried about that position. And again, I think we have a ton of upside there. Our tight end is Kyle Rudolph. Our defense is the LA Chargers. I like this team a lot right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of the team. We have three picks left, guys. Something that I want to mention, I know Mike isn't the biggest fan of the strategy. It's something that I've picked up from our college football corner specialist, Christopher Ronan. He typically likes to draft two defenses and play the matchup week to week. Yeah, you might have a top tier defense like the Jaguars, but are you really going to feel comfortable pitting them up against AB and Le'Veon Bell? Some of these offenses you're pretty sure are going to score, or it's the Minnesota Vikings against the Green Bay Packers. You're pretty sure that Aaron Rodgers is going to throw for a few touchdowns, regardless of how good the defense is. So at least having a secondary defense, you can play the matchup and feel safe on those weeks where even your top tier defense has a questionable matchup. And I really don't hate that strategy, but with the later rounds, my last few picks of the draft, I do like to take some dart throws, guys that, again, could break out and be league winners. What I see here, I see guys like Matt Bereda, Jordan Wilkins, who I'm a big fan of, running back for the Indianapolis Colts. I think he's going to end up taking over that backfield. We have wide receiver John Ross. I mean, those are three guys right there that maybe Bereda is the last guy I would take out of this group. I like the upside picks. Definitely at the end of the draft, you can definitely go that route. The other strategy that I'm a big fan of at the end of the draft is obviously we took Zeke Elliott in the first round, fourth overall. And Rod Smith is sitting here, and he's pretty much the surefire backup. God forbid anything did happen to Zeke. It's nice to have something to soften the blow, ensure your high equity pick. I'm fine with taking Rod Smith. I think he'll be here next round, though. The only reason why I mention those two is because if those two strategies, the defense and the cuff, are something that you're interested in, you would have to go with those two picks right now. You have two more bench spots left, and then the kicker has to be selected. I'm not saying you have to do both of those because both of them are pretty safe. I actually like the combination of either securing the defense or the running back position and then going with a dart throw. And in looking at our roster, I would probably select the defense because our running back position, although we might not have the handcuff to Zeke, looks pretty strong and stout as opposed to the defense where, like I said, we only have one, which although it's a great defense, they just might have to play some tough weeks and maybe there's a defense available that can give us a lot of upside in the weeks that they struggle. So you would rather take another defense over, I just realized Deshaun, Deshaun Jackson is still available. I've never been a fan of Deshaun Jackson. He's the ultimate boomer bust player. So to me, you're really counting on those deep touchdowns. And, and you're, what you're counting on with him is really the deep touchdown receptions that are probably like, in most leagues, bonuses. So I looked just real quick. You got the Houston Texans defense still available. The Denver Broncos defense still available. And in the group before that we named earlier between the Minnesota Vikings, LA Chargers, the other two teams are also available in the Baltimore Ravens and the New Orleans Saints. I think all those teams will give you high upside. But to me, it's the Saints. They're going to be a top-notch unit, improve 
from last year, and they have a great cornerback in Marshawn Lattimore and an emerging young defense that is, to me, very promising. All right, so I guess I'll succumb to this blasphemous strategy of taking two defenses, but we do pick again in six picks, so are you okay with grabbing one of these high upside guys first, then grabbing our next top-tier defense afterwards? Absolutely. And if all of these defenses go, the Texans, Ravens, Saints, you know, my bad. <laughs> so, we have another discussion here. Do you want John Ross or Deshaun Jackson? Or Jordan Wilkins? I'd rather take a high upside swing at the wide receiver position. If there's the upside guy that I like, I would go John Ross. Yeah, I'm a big fan of John Ross. I think a lot of people paint him as just a speed guy because of that whole story behind him breaking the record of 40 time. But he's actually a great route runner as well. And I think he's being quite a bit underrated going into this season. So let's grab John Ross. Let's hope that's the uh, same situation that Melvin Gordon had a couple of years ago where he had an awful rookie campaign and then he kicked it into second gear in his sophomore season. And Very possible. By the way, they did release Brandon LaFell. So now John Ross is freed a bit, if you will. Well, to me, that honestly does say that they probably have confidence in not only John Ross, but Tyler Boyd, who they drafted a couple of years ago and everybody has been expecting to emerge Maybe they finally feel that both of those wide receivers are at a position where they can confidently hand over the reins and not have that veteran presence in Brandon LaFell there. And look at this. A run in the early 15th round. Houston Texans, Denver Broncos, Baltimore Ravens. But our guys, or should I say your guys, but I'm very high in this defense as well. The New Orleans Saints still available. We're going to lock up a Don't second. Don't call them my guys. Don't call them my guys. I, they're your, you said it. It's on Audio recording, it is permanent. The New Orleans Saints are your guys. Draft them before the 10th round, they will win you your league. You heard it from Dan, folks. That's not true. Stop putting words in my mouth, man. I can't be supporting Aints Nation, all right? So clearly, Dan supports Aints Nation. However, we're now moving on to the 16th round. You had to get it round. in there, didn't you? You had to. Had to get it in there. And it's on audio that you clearly... That was your pick. You wanted them. I was like, right, whatever. <laughs> anyway, we're in the last round now, and I did not realize we set that you have to start a kicker in this league that we're drafting for, but Fantasy Pros is not making us draft a kicker, which if you are in a league that does not make you draft a kicker, don't. Don't take a kicker. Take another high upside guy. Handcuff one of your top picks. Don't take a kicker. Cut somebody before week one. Draft whoever is on the waiver wire. Doesn't matter. Especially, guys, if you're drafting earlier in the preseason, if your drafts are coming up, soon and you know there's the possibility of injuries definitely definitely go with a upside guy or a handcuff move that's definitely what we're going to do here jordan wilkins is still available and Deshaun jackson why don't we go with your guy jordan wilkins yeah definitely i love jordan wilkins going into this season i think he is the most well-rounded back in the indianapolis colts backfield not to mention obviously marlon mack was probably taking multiple rounds ago so you're getting huge value with a guy who has an equal opportunity yep. at the starting touches because there is no set guy there just yet yeah and that's another thing to look for in these later rounds as we keep on saying don't worry so much about where you have somebody ranked but somebody that has that upside that could potentially end up as the number one running back wide receiver even tight end on that team going into the season so that's it for our mock draft just to wrap up on our team our quarterback is matthew stafford at running back we have ezekiel elliott jordan howard Derek Henry, Royce Freeman, Marshawn Lynch, Jamal Williams, and Jordan Wilkins. Love that core group of guys. That's eight running backs. I think that's the max they allow you to draft. So as we've said throughout all of these episodes, we like to go extremely running back heavy. 
that was on full display here in this draft. At wide receiver, we have Doug Baldwin, Marvin Jones, Sterling Shepard, Paul Richardson, and John Ross. I actually like that wide receiver core. I think there's a lot of upside there. At tight end, we have Kyle Rudolph. And then we took two defenses, to my dismay, of the LA Chargers and Dan's. Lock them and forget them. Number one defense heading into 2018, the New Orleans Saints. Of course, my co-host Mike is obviously being facetious because I hate the New Orleans Saints. But that being said, their defense does look on the up and up this year. Something promising. As much as it kills me to say that, it is the truth. So there you go. Hot take. He's going to rub it in my face for the rest of the day. But If I end up being the number one defense this year, though, you know, you'll be thanking me. Pushing yeah. all that credit your way. <laughs> Moving forward to cover some of the latest storylines coming out of the NFL before we wrap up today's episode. Mike, will start off with the injuries from this weekend. Yes, preseason week one is now behind us and the injuries have already started coming in, starting with the most devastating one to rookie Redskins running back Darius Geis. Of course, we hate talking about injuries to players. It's extremely unfortunate. Nobody wants to see it. And the last thing we want to do is immediately spin it for fantasy purposes. But that's what we're here to do. That's why you guys are listening. So it's not the fun part of this job, but it is something that we have to cover. It has been confirmed that Darius Geis tore his ACL. I think the next running back in line, the one who should step into the most significant amount of touches, is Rob Kelly. They do still have Samaj P. Ryan on that roster who they put some significant draft capital into last season. I think he was a third round pick. So I think he will get a chance to break through and be a little bit more involved in that lineup. But Rob Kelly seems to be the guy for first and second down work. Chris Thompson is going to maintain his role as the third down pass catching running back. I'm honestly not too excited about any of these running back options. And I do want to see where Rob Kelly is going to end up getting drafted as a starting running back in the NFL is extremely valuable for fantasy. But like I said, depending on his draft price, he's not somebody that I'm necessarily going to be targeting. I think what this does do for the Redskins offense is it places some increased opportunity in the hands of the passing game. I think Alex Smith is going to be throwing the ball a lot more frequently now. So I think that's going to open the door for some more involvement in Jamison Crowder, Josh Doxson, Paul Richardson, some wide receivers that I think we're both pretty high on that you can snag pretty late in drafts. Some other injuries... We had Marlon Mack, who is currently dealing with a hamstring injury. He's currently being reported as week to week. Now, hamstring injuries at this point in the preseason definitely make me nervous for that player's potential going into the year. Hamstring injuries typically can be quite nagging throughout the season. So Marlon Mack's already going a little bit later in drafts. He's not a running back that I was targeting before this. And he's definitely not a running back that I'm going to be targeting now, even if all signs do seem healthy. I feel like hamstring injuries are... Those type of injuries where a player thinks they're good, they think they're ready to come back, and then they hit the field and it starts bothering them again right in the first quarter. Not something I want to deal with. They have Christine Michael on the roster, which is crazy that we're still talking about this guy, but he looks like he might be next in line for carries. Robert Turbin's going to be suspended for the first four games of the season. And then they have the two rookies, Naeem Hines and Jordan Wilkins. So for all of those guys gunning for a spot behind Marlon Mack, he's not somebody that I'm touching, especially at his current draft price. And then the three other quick injuries that I just wanted to touch on really quick. We had Jarek McKinnon who went down with a knee injury, so definitely a little bit of a scare there. But he went in for an MRI and it's showing that he just has a muscle strain. So nothing to be worried about going into the season. He should be fine by week one. And then McKinnon's two teammates, other running back, Matt Bereda, went down with a shoulder injury. We're still unsure on what's going on there. Bereda, I think, is a very talented running back. So if he is going to be missing any time, I think that just puts further safety into McKinnon's 
role as the true number one on that team. And again, we have another San Francisco 49er going down, George Kittle. He's dealing with a shoulder injury. Still no real reports on the details there. But if George Kittle is forced to miss time come the start of the season, they still have Selleck, who has proven to be a pretty solid tight end, especially in those few games that he played with Jimmy Garoppolo last season. So Kittle was one of our tight end sleepers on last week's episode. If he's going to miss any time, I think Garrett Selleck is going to be a nice value option at the position. Now that we've covered the injuries for the week, let's move on to some of the more intriguing storylines. I'll start off with running back Carrion Johnson. This is somebody who I've been very high on. I've been very adamant about the fact that he will be the starting running back for the Detroit Lions. He will give the Detroit Lions their first 100-yard rusher. He will be heavily involved. He will run the ball. He will catch the ball. He will take a lot of weight off of Stafford's shoulders. And he will help improve that team entirely overall. And right off the bat, his seven carries for 34 yards and four receptions for 33 yards tells me just that. On 11 touches, about half of what he will get as a premier workhorse back per game. He put up over about 60 yards. You expand that through a whole game, and he has about 20 touches for over 100 yards. Whether it be rushing or receiving doesn't matter because he's going to give you top-level production. Keep him on watch for Rookie of the Year. Keep him on watch for your fantasy teams. He is going to be productive, and it's only a matter of time before he is the predominant workhorse back for the Detroit Lions. Definitely a very strong debut for Carrion Johnson, and we understand it's week one of the preseason. It's such a small sample size to go off of. They're playing against vanilla defenses, so we're not trying to say that just because of what we saw this past week is going to make us move him up our draft boards and lock him in to be an elite running back this season. However, Carrion Johnson is somebody that we were high on coming out of the draft. We liked the landing spot of the Detroit Lions. So just seeing that be further confirmed in a game is why we're bringing it up now. We're not saying that you can lock him in for a top-tier running back just based off of the sample size. We understand that. We're just going off what we saw from the small sample size that we have to go with. And really, to further that point, it's not so much the production that you're looking at. Right. It's not about, you know, producing really against, you know, whether they're backups or whatever you might, whoever you might be playing, even if you're playing against the first team and they're not playing very hard. So it's not really a production thing. It's more of like, can you read between the lines? There's are things there you want to pay attention to. For example, when you further break down on Johnson, like I said, you were concerned about him being a workhorse back. Well, seven carries and four receptions tells me that he's going to be used on passing downs. He's going to be used in the running game. And then the mild production from the usage, you know, 34 yards on seven carries, that's five yards a carry just about. 33 yards on four receptions is good for a running back. So it's just more about can you read between the lines. Now, to further my co-host Mike's point, Rock Thomas, backup running back on the Minnesota Vikings, had 100 yards receiving this week. I'm not locking him in for any type of significant role. It's just because that the other guys aren't being used. That's why he had the opportunity that he had. Kerryon Johnson, on the other hand, did not have an over-excessive use of targets. These guys that are heavily involved in preseason week one, that means they're fighting for a roster spot, not really for a position on a starting role of the offense. Carryon Johnson is in the position where they didn't want to overuse him with only 11 carries because he is possibly a starter for them, but they need to figure out what they have. So that's what I mean in reading between the lines. 
you you actually did it very well when you break down Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, so another running back that I was very high on after his preseason week one performance was Christian McCaffrey. As Dan mentioned, we saw him used on all three downs. He was used between the tackles. He was used on the goal line. And we've seen in the past, North Turner favors the workhorse running back approach on his offenses. So I think that we kind of got a glimpse of that with Christian McCaffrey's usage from preseason week one. And while he was on the field, again, small sample sizes, preseason week one, but C.J. Anderson did not get one touch while Christian McCaffrey was playing. So I know there's been a little bit of concern about how C.J. Anderson is going to be involved in that offense. And maybe as the preseason progresses, he will become a little bit more involved in that offense. But from what we saw so far, from what we have to work with, it looks like they really are going to be using Christian McCaffrey as a three-down workhorse back. And that's specifically what I meant, that reading between the lines. Finding like the true information in the pile of junk that you get. Yep, because um, there's like a lot of it in the preseason. A lot of junk, a lot of you know hype or tearing somebody down in the preseason, overproduction. It's not really what you want to see. It's more of those tells, like you said, like not using C.J. Anderson while the starter, Christian McCaffrey, was on the field shows you that they're willing to use him as, like you said, the workhorse back. Yeah, and barring injury situations, we have not moved any of these guys on our rankings yet. So obviously Darius Geis, we're going to have to make some adjustments there. But just because we liked what we saw from Carrion Johnson and we liked what we saw from Christian McCaffrey in these small sample sizes, we're not adjusting our rankings for that yet. As preseason progresses, though, if they continue to perform that way and if they continue to get that same type of utilization, then they'll be making their way up come draft time later this month. Absolutely. As the preseason goes on, you have to take the bulk of the work as a more significant factor than just any one individual game. So moving on to another highlight coming out of this week, we touched a lot on the previous. We touched already on injuries, but what about the injuries that seem to be over and behind us? We have two quarterbacks this week who haven't played football in a while who we must be very excited to start. For me, number one was Deshaun Watson. Yeah, he threw one pass exactly, but it just seeing him out there throwing already after after an ACL tear midway through the season or in the later mm-hmm. parts of the season means that you know it's, it was a quick recovery one that he is fully cleared if he suited up and played in a preseason game even if it was just one throw whatever it was that means he is fully cleared that means he is good to go for the regular season now is there going to be any lingering effects we're not going to see that from one one or two plays you know obviously but the fact that he's got the green light and he's ready to be thrown onto the field is what you do want to see. And the same goes for your boy, Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck obviously hasn't played in two seasons. He played a little bit more significant time, so you can read a little bit more into that. But the real true nature of, of the benefit here is just seeing him on the field, seeing him throw football. He's obviously clearly 100% green lit. He's ready to go. He can play this week if he needed to, and that's obviously what we've been waiting for with Andrew Luck. We haven't seen him play in a long time. We know the talent is there. We'll obviously have to wait and see on any lasting, lingering effects of the injury, but to see that he's fully cleared and ready to go is good news. Yeah, it was great to see Andrew Luck back on the field, and even in the post-game press conferences, interviews, he said that he was happy he got to experience an NFL hit in his first game back. You know, it's been a long time since he's experienced real contact. So that was something that myself and I'm sure a ton of other Colts fans and football fans were on the lookout for. So he said that he needed that first hit. He got it out of the way. The jitters are kind of starting to go away and he's ready to, you know, start stepping it up, getting into the season. 
One other injury that I actually forgot to mention was Deion Kane, Colts rookie wide receiver that they took in the draft this year. He is done for the season with a torn ACL. Definitely very unfortunate. He was a pretty promising prospect. He was impressing a lot of people in training camp. So we're going to have to wait another year till we see him come out onto the field. And But speaking about wide receivers, the last note that I have from this past weekend is on wide receiver DJ Moore, somebody who we've been talking about a little bit going into the season. Obviously, there's pass catchers already in place in Carolina being Greg Olson and Devin Funches, but there's really no number two wide receiver, and DJ Moore was selected in the first round by the Carolina Panthers, which is a high equity pick. Therefore, you suppose he's going to be involved, and you can see that that is the case, being that he had six targets in this game and nabbed four of those targets for 75 yards. So moderate production, really what you want to look here, like we said, you don't want to read too much of the production, but the six targets is promising, being that that could be a realistic outlook week to week, being that he won't be the number one pass catching option in the offense. He might be just collecting those spare targets here and there. And six targets to see him already getting involved is a good sign for DJ Moore, trending in the right direction. And that'll be pretty much it for this week, guys. Thanks for joining us. Stay tuned We're next week where we will cover more of what's coming out of the preseason and dive into some deep dive fantasy targets at each position for you guys to let you know who to keep an eye on in those deeper leagues or in those later rounds to give you high upside and a lot of value late in drafts. And make sure you're keeping up with our rankings by heading over to footballmdpodcast.com. Our 2018 draft cheat sheet is available now. It has our top 200 players split into tiers so you can make sure you're getting the best value in each round of the draft. We're going to be continuously updating the cheat sheet. We're going to be continuously updating our positional rankings, our top 200 rankings. So make sure you're going over there to check it out. Again, that's at footballmdpodcast.com. And make sure you're following us on social media at footballmdpod. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We post tons of content up there. And if you have been enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes and leave a quick five-star review. It takes two seconds, and you can really help out the show. So thank you to everyone that's been listening to the podcast consistently up to this point. It really means a lot to us. We hope you guys continue to enjoy it. We're going to continue working on the podcast, bringing you guys tons of more content. So thank you, guys. We really appreciate it. One more time, just a reminder, go, go grab that cheat sheet. Uh, available now on our footballmdpodcast.com, our website. Make sure you grab it. You can pretty much roll out of bed the day of your draft, grab that cheat sheet, and if you follow it, you'll draft a winner. So be prepared. Don't be the guy who shows up to the draft not ready, not knowing who you want. And don't spend too much time on it either. Don't be the guy who, you know, wastes the majority of his week planning for a fantasy football draft. Just grab our cheat sheet and you'll be ready to go, guys. Thanks and have a good week.